1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: The things I'm seeing on Twitter, and here's, I'm very, like, sex positive. I'm here for it. But I just was not expecting this turn to be taken of seeing so many dicks and holes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I do know what you mean, yes no, like, I- yeah, I'm here for this I'm here for your journey, but I just did not know I was going to see inside of you Hey everyone, welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast There is a lot going on Spring is in the air People are getting vaccinated left and right Jen Shaw's going to prison um, I also want to say another exciting piece of news besides the indictment of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw is that I finally made an appointment for a psychiatrist. I know every day listeners are texting me like, when are you going to get your SSRIs? When are you going to get the SSRIs? Um, don't worry, my friends. My appointment is in a couple of weeks and I will absolutely keep you posted. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to a really nice message I got today. That was from uh, someone who was a new listener of the podcast. They said, hey, Eric, I told my girlfriend to check out your podcast because I saw the feature you posted and she is bisexual and she loved it. It made her realize that Belle from Beauty and the Beast was the first time she was attracted to a girl. Just thought that would make you smile. I mean, it did make me smile and bring back a whole bunch of memories. I can 100% see why Belle would make uh, a bisexual young woman be like, Ooh, what is she reading in those books? True and a bit alarming. Um, But also it brought back memories to me of Gaston. Oh my God. God, the things I wanted to do. I was so jealous of LeFou. I just wanted to burrow in his hairy chest. <sighs> this is turning into a, a fan fiction podcast about the dirty things I want to do to a cartoon character. Uh, but I do love these messages that are sent to me. So keep them coming. And I did just post that most recent message on our uh, podcast Instagram. It's at Podcast. However, let's get into this week's guest. We have Lewis Peitzman, someone I've known for many years. I met him at a Sondheim cabaret celebrating his birthday. It was called Sondheimus, so that's gonna already kinda give you an insight into what this interview will be like. Uh Lewis Peitzman is an incredible writer. He is so funny. He has bylines in the New York Times, Vulture, Time, Buzzfeed, and more. Uh, and he is a Twitter celebrity he is so incredible on twitter so funny his handle is at lewis peitzman. it's l-o-u-i-s-p-e-i-t-z-m-a-n that's lewis peitzman make sure you give him a follow and um and you will not regret it also if you like this episode or if you're uh, uh, one of our weekly listeners i'm so happy you're here if you could do me a favor and give us a five-star review and make sure you subscribe it's so amazing to see uh, all of your nice messages enjoy this episode my friends <laughs> Um, I'm so happy you're on That's a Gay Ass Podcast, Lewis. I feel like you're a celebrity in my presence.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say that. I also am not in your presence directly, but I, I will take the compliment and run with it. Thank you.
2: Of course. You know, in this economy, I think the, the idea of a presence is really kind of um, it's a loose term.
1: That's very true. I shouldn't, Yeah, you're right. Virtual interactions are just as valid, if not more valid, frankly, than in person
2: quite frankly more valid do they have the same meaning do they feel as good it's to be determined how i,
1: I yes i i would love to give you covid specifically but i <laughs> i i yes otherwise i agree with you I, just, I wanted to share that specific desire that means a lot
2: it really does my, I, my can pleasure I, can i tell you something crazy please do i discovered the most simple snack today that actually rocked my world I've been eating the same thing for the past 10 months. We had, <laughs> okay. we had we had, some leftover celery, Lewis. I dipped her in a peanut butter, and I swear to good God, uh, it was as if I walked on the moon for the first time.
1: Okay, a few things I want to unpack here. Um, <laughs> starting with Do you think you invented celery and peanut butter?
2: Wait, has someone else done that before?
1: A very popular snack. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What if I was like, oh my god, I just discovered a candy called Reese's Peanut Butter Cups?
1: <laughs> no, but like, celery and peanut butter, in fact, predates Reese's. It's a, it's a very well-established snack. You can you, you put the peanut butter in the celery, and then you add raisins, and it's ants in a log. It's like a classic snack.
2: Well, now you're just talking in a fantasy realm. I don't think anything you're talking about is real.
1: <laughs> I wish I wish I were kidding, because here's the truth. I hate celery, and I hate peanut butter. Those are two foods that I literally cannot abide. So Um, I chose
2: the two foods you hate the most as the most gorgeous snack I've ever had, and here I am looking like a piece of shit.
1: Those might be my least favorite foods of all time, actually, yes. Peanut butter makes me physically ill. Like, I I cannot eat it.
2: Um, Well, then that leads me to my next question. Who hurt you?
1: What (laughs) happened? (laughs) I I don't... You know, I've never liked peanut butter, and I've never liked celery. And most of the things I didn't like when I was a kid, like, I grew out of. But I, I just, like, never enjoyed... Peanut butter is like a taste thing and a smell thing. And I don't like peanuts either. Like I, anything peanutty is is like repulsive to me. Um, at least you're consistent. That's yeah, kind of no, a beautiful it, trait. Consistency is beautiful uh, and important. Uh, celery is like a textural thing for me. I just do not. It's like it's crunchy and stringy at the same time, which is frankly an abomination um i can like fuck with celeriac you know if you want to get fancy like i've made like celery soup with like celery root
2: and that's called celeriac
1: yeah unless i'm saying it wrong in which case i'll like text you after this is over and be like please edit that out but (laughs) no i'm pretty sure that's what it's what it's called now it's pronounced
2: so then how would you describe your palate it sounds quite elevated but also you're negating really good food i'm confused.
1: Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely a creature of habit. So I eat the same things a lot. I, I just got back on WW, which is what they call Weight Watchers now because they don't want you to know that it's a weight loss program. They're
2: WW. To, we don't want to make any full words here.
1: I actually trying am- to, to keep that quiet. That <laughs> it's a weight loss program, which I find. Hilarious!
2: I'm very well acquainted because my husband has been doing WW himself and we've actually, we're literally making a WW recipe this evening.
1: Okay, I love that. That's very cute. And like, congrats on being married. Very happy for you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I got back on it in january after just doing some light binging throughout the Hmm. pandemic i definitely like i've been on and off for years um by the way this i'm talking about dieting and weight loss so if this is triggering for anyone i just want to like put that out there because i honestly i don't talk about it on on twitter not because i care but because like I, i people are really have a hard time with it which i completely understand so i'm i'm providing a content warning for your show but yeah so i um I have done it for like years on and off and it always works when I do it but then I stop and it like stops working which is because you know that's how diets are like <laughs> it's like not hard to lose weight but you can't keep weight off like statistically speaking you will gain it back but like it's so cute that we keep trying um and, and it's
2: also just like any food that you might enjoy eating that brings a ton of serotonin is of course the thing that will make all the weight come back and it's like well right. we, what are we supposed to do in this one life
1: yeah I don't have a lot else going on right now so yeah but I, I want to kind of just like I, I'm a creature of habit as I said and so like for me that means like I will have empanadas like five nights in a row and that's like a bit much so <laughs> now that I'm on WW again I'm more like I will have I have like miso salmon with rice like three nights a week and then like the same salad from five napkin like the other four nights <laughs> um, so I'm really diversifying what I'm eating and I have a bagel for lunch like every day um, but honestly, that sounds really like, good.
2: It sounds really good to me, you're doing it right. Wait, Lewis, what do you put on your bagel go?
1: <laughs> I wish I had like a more exciting answer. I really do. So I, I have been eating whole wheat everything bagels, which are delicious mm. because they're everything bagels with their whole wheat. so they're like two fewer points. What a what a treat. Um, and then I usually do some type of low-fat cream cheese, like either plain or scallion or lox. And then if I'm gonna have like an actual like lox bagel, then I will add like onions and capers. I'm it's very basic. I'm not like a I'm just like a Jew. I'm not exciting with my bagel.
2: I was gonna say, if it ain't broke, especially for us Jews, like a lox and cream cheese with a caper and a tomato and an onion moment, there's really few things that are more comforting than a lox and a bagel.
1: I don't like tomatoes on there, and I'll tell you why. Let me guess texture. Okay, that that definitely is part of it. But they look too much like lox, and it feels like a lie because you're like, <laughs> look at it. You look at a cross section of the bagel, and you'll be like, oh, I'm getting look at all that lox in there. And then you're like, fuck, it's actually half tomato. Like I've been conned. And so, so on I, principle, you won't eat the tomato because it's lying to you. Exactly. I did. Um, there's a bodega near me that like I late night ordered their like special bagel, which was just like a lox bagel with scallion cream cheese instead of regular and avocado on it so it was like Mm. it was like a lox bagel with avocado and it was good but it was like it's a little bit like too rich to have like like cream cheese and avocado and smoked fish like yeah it seems like kind of a battle in your mouth yeah it's a bit much but I I wasn't mad about it I also was like I was very hungry and it was like 2 a.m. I'm sure so whatever works in that moment
2: absolutely the other day my dad said that i was like what are you guys having for dinner because there's nothing else to talk about and he and he said well you know we're just gonna do a classic jewish dinner and i was like dad that could be so many things and it turns out he was talking about like turkey and corned beef
1: that doesn't count as a classic jewish dinner that's like that's a classic jewish dinner to me would be like you start with matzo ball soup um maybe you have a gefilte fish course oh yeah and then you're gonna have brisket for I, your, I was in, I was hoping
2: you would say brisket. Do you know what's crazy is that my husband a a grew up a devout Catholic during Hanukkah. He, I was with his parents for the month in December, and we he, he made his Catholic parents a brisket latke Hanukkah meal, and it was actually beautiful. The only devastating part was when <laughs> my in-laws looked at the latkes and the next to the bowl of applesauce and sour cream, and they refused to try the the dippins.
1: Well, that's, that's sad. I mean, be like they're Jewish Bellinis. They're like, it's like caviar, but for Jews. Um, oh, that's
2: a better pitch. I was just like, no, it's good. Eat it. And I mean, it was...
1: that should be enough. I am. Um, yeah, I was I had matzo brie with a friend and I had to explain that it's like a weird, sweet, savory can go either way type of, you know, it's like it's like it's like sort of. It's matzo, you know, fried in egg, so it's like savory, mm-hmm. but also it kind of has that like French toasty thing where you can kind of add sugar to it if you want. And mm-hmm. I anyway. find
2: that the sweet savory combination for us Jews seems to be polarizing. Like a noodle kugel, I could I could fuck with some raisins and some apple and cinnamon and a noodle kugel. However, uh, my in laws heard that pitch and it was again a no for them. Again a no. For I,
1: them. O- I only like sweet noodle kugel. I don't like thank the you. Kind. That's the best kind. I, I have. A a few comments about the aforementioned brisket story um, mm. one of one of which is that um, you've referenced your husband twice now so I just wanted, <laughs> to, I wanted to call that out and sit with it um, <laughs> wait can you unpack it for me what's your take I mean if I had a husband I would talk about having a husband too I'm sure I think I'm just
2: practicing saying the word enough so that it doesn't feel like I'm a fraud and also like I'm a housewife that is trying to live a lie like isn't the word husband so weird
1: it's very weird, um, but you guys have been together for a long time, right? Because when I met you, I met both of you at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I, that was so long ago. I mean, we were we started dating when we were 23 i think that i thought if that makes sense
1: and so you're married and younger than i am so that's that's fantastic (laughs) i love hearing that but you are but you did just celebrate an anniversary lewis don't discount yourself i i did i did i celebrated an anniversary that's happy
2: anniversary i think that's
1: beautiful
2: and like come on we are two men that are dating or with other men and that's just a feat i mean men are bad
1: Men are bad, and I, and and I had been single for a very long time. When I met you, I I was single, if you can believe that, and I had been single until a year ago. Like since then, so oh
2: it, yeah, it
1: was a so long I, stretch.
2: How are you? How are you feeling celebrating this one year anniversary?
1: It's nice. It's like I I mean I am a very neurotic person, as you know, mm-hmm. um, and so like my like normal thing would be to like go on a podcast and like talk about how men are trash and like how I am anxious about dating and all this stuff. So it's just like a very different context for me to be in. And I realize I'm not complaining about having too much stability in my love life. Um, But yeah, it's just like totally different. I mean, it's, it's great. He's great. Um, And we're happy. And it's, it like definitely made last year a lot easier. Um, It was like a hard year and, and he definitely dealt with more, Shit in his personal life than and family life than I was dealing with, but just like overall, obviously not a great year for anyone. But yeah, I think like not being single was quite helpful in the uh, quarantine context.
2: Yeah, but I also feel like the fact that you were able to get through this specific last year, like this anniversary, I feel like means needs to mean more because it is a feat. The fact that we've been able to get through this without our partners gouging their eyeballs out i mean i'm a i'm a neurotic terror to be do you know how many times i've been like can you just tell me i don't have COVID, or can you just tell me that like can you just tell me that i'm not dying or can you just tell me that i'm that i'm gonna be successful or can you just tell me that i'm not a flaming pile of dog shit can you just tell me and i do that about every two hours
1: That's a big ask because you know i i get it no i i completely understand that and like i yeah i was like around the election was when I like fully lost it and was just like, so I was like checking the same, like 10 Twitter feeds, like every 10 seconds to see Mm -hmm. if there was any news about like any new polls, like leading up to the election. I was just like, totally, I lost my mind. And then after the election was this whole fucking coup bullshit. And I was very much of the mindset that like things would not end well, but that like, he wasn't going to overturn the election, but I was still like obsessed with reading every possible like it was just bad. I was very, it was bad. It was a dark time for me. And I was like also obsessed with inflicting it all. On my boyfriend by like, <laughs> like sharing every new theory and tweet and like, and like legal article that I had read and not understood because like he has a law degree and I don't. So I'm like, does this make sense? Um, and also like studies, politics and like fascism and knows more than I do. So I was like fact checking my crazy with him and, he's, like, I think more cynical than I am, so not the best person to, like, talk me off the ledge.
2: Oh, interesting. I was curious about, like, how how does the talking down happen? Because it's... It, we're not easy, Lewis. We're not easy.
1: Well, but I'm, like... I'm, like, a crazy person who's also, like, assumes things will work out in the end in mm-hmm. some way. So, like, while I was, like... Again, like, I was worried about, like, the long-term implications of, like, mm-hmm. lying about the election and, um you know, right-wing extremism and violence, which... Obviously, I was not wrong to be worried about those things. Uh, and I'm still worried. I was also like, I think that like Biden will be president and like, you know, that will be a marginal improvement. And so we can kind of focus on that. So I was, you know, like bright side about it.
2: Interesting. I mean, are we where are you? You're not where are you originally from? I'm from L.A. Duh. Ugh, so are you just an East coaster for life or do you ever want to go back?
1: I don't know. I think like before before 2020 I would have been like, you no, know, I'm staying in New York and now I'm much more like, I don't know. I feel very uh I'll end up wherever, you know, New Zealand seems nice.
2: Oh my god, New Zealand. And also just like the the accent, the people. It's gorgeous. It's perfect.
1: I, the no downside. No, there I mean everywhere is a nightmare. But I um yeah, I, I, I love New York and I've always wanted to live here and like I'm very glad that I do live here. I just like don't feel as married to the city as i once did um and so i don't know where i'll end up eventually relatable
2: king i 100 percent 10 years ago was like i will never leave this city i'm a broadway baby through and through i will push my t- twins on a stroller on the l train now i'm like i will I, I i could go i could leave do you know what I'm, I'm maybe i'm gonna go but california does sound great new zealand does sound great
1: and so where are you now
2: I'm in New York now. I, I've been here for the for the vast majority. I'm I fully
1: but... thought you had moved already, which is I, which I love that I thought that.
2: I love that too. For me, we,
1: we never was we never hang out, and I mean, there's a pandemic, so like. That's a reasonable excuse.
2: I mean, for all you know, I could have been living the dream, like sitting by a pool. But no, I'm in a a one bedroom in Astoria with my radiator fucking testing me every last second. I'm shiny as hell. I'm sweating through my clothes. My building was built in 1804, and it's like a living nightmare.
1: I just closed the window for this podcast, and I was, and I'm resentful of you because I like, I'm, I live in a studio. I'm sweating my ass off. Um,
2: Louis, thank you.
1: I was talking to my therapist about like looking at apartments and like my issues with like temperature control and how it's a big thing for me because, yeah. like, and how like if I had a bigger place I would need like more AC units because I need AC like all the time and how like I'm always overheated because of radiators. And he was like, don't these places have like central air? And I was like, what are you talking about? I think he lives in like a, one of those like newer buildings, like a uh-huh. high rise where there's a doorman and AC is like a thing like not a window unit. Um, that's, that's what I, that's the impression that I got. So I was like, no, Hell's Kitchen Apartments do not offer uh, Central Air. But I love that you're in Astoria. My, my boyfriend lives in Astoria um, and I do not, visit. he comes to me because I live alone. But um, I hear great things. Well, I love that he lives in Astoria and that it comes to
2: you. I mean, you know what? It's, it's also, you keep bringing up this boyfriend. I don't know why you keep saying the word boyfriend. It's
1: wow. kind of, I have no you know what like I when I so when I tweet about him I like sometimes I use his like at and other times I don't but I I occasionally call my boyfriend but like I usually just call him by his name because I'm like people can either figure it out from context clues or not like I don't really like I I think on our anniversary I just tweeted his name because I was like well it's implied that he's my boyfriend I actually like don't like saying my boyfriend too many times I, I find it to be a little bit cloying the worst thing, though, the worst fucking thing is when people say the boyfriend. No, it's not the boyfriend. The boyfriend, not. the husband, the whatever. Like, do not use a definite article, it is not cute. I don't know, it's like this sort of faux, like, I don't know what it is, but I hate it. I find it, like, disgusting. And well,
2: I saw a controversial take today, actually, on oh Twitter good. someone saying that I will never give my dog an Instagram, and I will never put my boyfriend or partner's name in my bio. And I actually agreed that I would never do that, but would you?
1: I would definitely get an Instagram for my dog. Um I don't have a dog, but if I had a dog. Um, I don't think that I would put my boyfriend's name in my bio, but that's like I don't know, I always find that so weird because like I feel like the people that I know who do it are like non-monogamous anyway. So I'm like, isn't the like I'm like the only reason that I would think to do it is like to be like hands off, which is like so stupid and not at all how I live my life. Like I mean, I'm in a monogamous relationship, um, and it's a pandemic, but I just like in general, do not believe in that kind of, like, hands-off approach to things.
2: It does feel performative to me. It's usually the yeah. people that are, like, trying to flirt are the ones that are saying, I, this is my partner, do not talk to me in that way. Meanwhile, it's like, here's a fire, 10 fire emojis.
1: Right, right. I mean, like, we can... I, there's a lot to think about in terms of like what flirting on Twitter actually means. And I think you can definitely be monogamous and like send fire emojis, which is not, you're not saying anything other than that. I'm just, I'm, you know, it's complicated, but I do feel like there's weirdly a correlation between people who like want to assert they're like, like want to make it very clear that they're in a relationship, but they also really want to send dick pics via DM.
2: I also think that the pandemic has made the online flirting and all of that, like go on steroids, the things I'm seeing on Twitter and here's, I'm very like sex positive. I'm here for it, but I just was not expecting this turn to be taken of seeing so many dicks and holes. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm. (laughs) I do know what you mean. Yes. Um, no,
2: like, yeah, I'm here for this. I'm here for your journey, but I just did not know I was going to see inside of you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a full colonoscopy video i um, I was no, like, your I, intestines are gorgeous gorgeous i think that yeah i mean everyone's like i think it's just very real that people have been inside too long and it makes them horny on maine like that's just mm-hmm. that, that's a very real thing um and i think also like a lot of people who kind of would have maybe like look down on or at least like dismiss for themselves, the possibility of like online flirtation have had to kind of like join the rest of us in that world. Like mm-hmm. I'm a, I met my boyfriend on Twitter and I have no shame in that. And that is how I've met most people that I have dated or had sex with over the past, you know, several years. That is how I live my life. Um And like, that was just like what worked for me. And I think a lot of people we're like, no, I don't, I don't do the whole like online flirting thing. And now, look at you. You can't meet people in the real world, loser. Get on Twitter <laughs> like the rest of us and slide into some DMs.
2: Hello, get in. The water's hot. I mean, that's the thing. is Some people c- couldn't even imagine the, the flirting messages. I have a friend that is single. And I, I was like, you can find people on Instagram or Twitter. And it's not that hard. He's like, I have no idea how to even begin. I was like, let's say his name is Paul. I was like, Paul? Literally respond to someone's Instagram story that they had posted with a genuine response and then start to flirt. And the next thing you know, you are either hope, maybe trying to get that connection for like to go on a date at some point in this planet or you will be receiving graphic videos it's like it's what whatever you want you can find but he couldn't even wrap his mind around going into an instagram dm and, and, and flirting in that way I was frankly,
1: it, it frankly could not be easier is the thing yeah because men are disgusting and we all and know that the theme and, we're noticing
2: a theme here but you know
1: um, what yeah <laughs>
2: I was thinking about, you know, Lewis growing up in LA, being an East Coast star, not only on internet, but with words, with with wit, with with humor. But Lewis, was there something that turned you gay? Was it a movie? Was it a TV show? Was it a person?
1: what happened? I really love the segue because it felt like the question just popped into your head naturally. And I was like It was so natural, Lewis. I couldn't believe how smoothly that came out. I'm being, I'm really like, I feel like I'm being bitchy, and I'm not trying to be because I'm. Oh no, I love, I love the banter, Louis. But it's so gentle. Like, (laughs) it's just like I mean it in the most gentle way. Um, I don't know. I I like, I I've been thinking about this question since you know you let me know you might you might be asking me about it. Um, Even though this is totally like off the cuff. (laughs) <laughs> i've just been like you know thinking about it and i was like i don't know because like in many ways i feel like you know my early theater education like made me gay but also like you know my dad introduced me to all of that and he is not a gay so it's 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 complicated
2: starring meryl streep and alec baldwin absolutely
1: absolutely i do think though that like i do remember seeing the first wives sub. The, the first why I slept in theaters, like when I was, whenever that came out, I don't remember how old I was because my age is like irrelevant, but I, <laughs> I do remember seeing that. And I do think that like, you know, that experience queered me in a way.
2: Like, It like, is absolutely one of the most impactful movies for anyone. I mean, it's like, I don't know who came up with the idea, but I thank them every day of my life.
1: But I like forged a connection with it, you know, and like it definitely like I don't know, that that to me is a is like a yeah, a big part of my identity. Um and like lots of other movies that I saw when I was in high school. But that was younger. I mean, that was elementary school and I think it was certainly formative. That and Sam on Clarissa explains it all. Mm. Um
2: Clarissa does explain it all. I, I mean, those are the very much I identify with as well. I, you're, I, much, I'm a, you're much
1: younger. You're much, much younger. But I yeah. don't
2: think I am, Lewis. I really don't. Because I, because like first wives' club for me is 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 a huge part. But also, I really identify with you talking about your dad showing you things because my dad is also not a homosexual. But did he play Barbara Streisand's albums in the car? Yes, he did. Did okay, he? But,
1: but yes, exactly. Because Jewish men are gay.
2: Oh, that's right. I forgot. I did forget that fact. Um, all Jewish men are gay and my Culture. dad loves family opera. culturally gay. I, I literally like my first OBC was, um, I think, listening to Les Mis and full blast in the car and watching my dad do the hand motions like he was the conductor in the pit. He doesn't have an ounce of music training, Lewis. But if you were to look at him in the car, you would think he's uh, conducted a, an opera before. Where is he from? Missouri. I don't know how this happened.
1: Missouri. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, that is a thing, though. Like, like, like Jewish men of a certain age are essentially gay. Like, they love Barbara. They love um, not doing sports. Um, I, I mean, some of my
2: best gay friends are straight Jewish men.
1: Exactly. It's definitely a thing. I think, like, I mean, there's just like, but that's, that's, oh my God. I remember once I had this, like, horrible thing well whatever i'm just gonna say this and i don't know it doesn't matter because i've talked about it before i was like briefly doing a little rehab thing um sorry that was a notification for my um i don't know if it came up in the recording but a notification for my anxiety pill came up right as i was talking about rehab which was like yeah. iconic timing my beast bar alert um <laughs> n- anyway so i briefly did this outpatient rehab thing many years ago and I had this horrible therapist, and I remember saying that like the rehab was like weirdly conservative and everyone I met there was like seemed like they were gonna gay bash me and I was like super uncomfortable the whole time. And so I never wanted to share because I was like, everything I share sounds gay <laughs> and I don't I don't feel comfortable here. And like it was it's so important to like feel safe in that environment. Anyway, my therapist there who sucked but was also gay, was like, you could just be Jewish. And I remember thinking like that was First of all, so funny, but also I was like, I guess, because I had like, I didn't like butch up my voice. I just like maybe spoke a little bit lower, a little bit slower, a little bit like less faggy, like just slightly, just like a, a tiny bit less. And I don't think that I would would pass, but he was like, to people who don't have gay friends, like you could just read as very Jewish. Oh, I mean,
2: he's pitching you to hide your homosexuality and just show your Judaism, which I understand.
1: I don't know that he was in that way, but yes, I made like one friend there and she then like we were, had lunch and she said something super racist and I was like, oh, okay. <gasps> I didn't, no, sorry. I did not say, oh, okay, as in, like, we can keep being friends. I said, oh, okay, we will not be friends. You are super racist. But just to be clear on how I reacted to that. But um, my point being that she seemed cool before that and then was like, by the way, I'm really racist.
2: Confirmed that every person there was a conservative racist person.
1: She, Yeah, because I had come out to her and I was like, oh, good. And she was like, you know, as long as you're white. She didn't say that, but like that was what I then learned was her deal was like, Gay people are fine. Anyway...
2: People's reactions when you come out to them, I find it to be, it's like a really big litmus test as to if you want to continue to have a relationship with them. Like, I like coming out is a just annoying. And I remember when I was, I came out towards the like literally the last few weeks of high school because I don't want to deal with people in high school having to react to it. But the people I did tell, most were like fine. But one girl was like, oh my God, Eric, duh, you didn't have to tell me. I was like, that's not the reaction I wanted. It's like, that's, I don't, congratulations, you knew as a fact before I did. It's like, no, I, i'm letting you know in this oban pan and let me have my journey this isn't this isn't your movie bitch
1: i yeah she sounds awful i hate her how is she doing though have you checked in
2: she's thriving unfortunately
1: uh, that figures um <laughs> no i yeah no i agree with you but i also like, don't really feel like i came out like i i did and i remember specific moments that i came out and i remember coming out to my parents and i remember like
2: you just said can i please buy this original cast recording of miss saigon
1: and my dad was like, "No, we are a Sondheim family only." <laughs> um, actually, my dad did say we are a Sondheim family once because I was interviewing Andrew Lloyd Webber for something, <gasps> and he was like, "He was like, we're a Sondheim family," but he compared it to he was like, "We're Jews," but like if we could meet the Pope, we would meet the Pope. Like, uh. and that was his like ALW uh, comparison. Anyway, enough of my father. The point is, I feel like because and this is like this is like the privilege of growing up in like a mostly liberal although less so not as liberal as I thought growing up, but like at least in terms of gay stuff, like liberal environment is that like, I just kind of like started talking about it and assume people would like catch up. Like I would like talk about my crushes and then it was like, you can figure out the rest. I don't need to like declare my identity, which I think is it's very powerful to declare your identity. But at least in high school, I was like not there yet. I was more just like, there's a really cute boy who just like transferred here and I'm going to talk about how I have a crush on him and people will just, uh, hop
2: on that. board or not. I mean, I actually think that's beautiful and brilliant that you didn't have to do this like mug or like sit down to have a monologue. But,
1: but I think, but also like, it wasn't like that I was so comfortable with it. It was almost like it was just the easier way for me to like, because I wanted to talk about the cute boy, but I didn't want to like have the conversation. Yeah, it
2: seems to me like self care. It was like you knew it would be easier just to like talk about your truth versus just like we need to have a discussion about it. Of course, I like I chose the most dramatic chapter closing. I was sitting in the Chicago O'Hare Airport, shoulder weeping to my mom over orange chicken. Like it, I didn't. I I wish I had just been like, yeah, I kind of have a crush on this guy. I was like. <clears throat> every day i've been thinking about this big scary secret and and i i think i w- i think i would have preferred to take a your path
1: well i mean with my parents i did send them an email mm-hmm. and i and i and i my therapist at the time who was my first therapist who was like you know my gay therapist who was like the one who like the first person i really came out to who was like working with me on all this shit like was like the one thing you should not do is send them an email. So of course, as soon as I got to, co- I got to college and I was like, I'm going to be, I'm here. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Berkeley and like everyone's queer and I'm going to be queer. And I was like, but I had to come out to my parents. So I was like, well, I can't like really be that public about it because I don't want to like, I don't know. I just felt like it would get back to them somehow, even though like, I'm sure they knew it just felt like too much. Hmm. So I was like, I have to come out to them. So I wrote them an email and, and I was like, okay, like best comma Lewis. And then I sent. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't remember how I signed it. I'm sure I said love. Anyway, I sent it to them. And then I like went on Facebook and changed my status to interested in men. And then I was like, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders and, I don't think I'm the first person who came out on Facebook, but I definitely was like one of the earliest people to do that in my in my mind because this was
2: 2004. Um and Yeah, you are truly the I mean it's just like me with celery and peanut butter.
1: Exactly. No, I mean but like Facebook had just started like that summer before I went to college was like the first like, we like we signed up if we went because we were all going to, like, UCs and they were on there. And, like, mm-hmm. it was just, like, first it was just the Ivies and then it was, like, a, some more select schools. Super fucking, like, horrible bullshit, um, which only grew more evil with time. But, like, back then it was, like, Facebook was only for, like, a small number of colleges. And... Yeah, I, th- I don't remember, like, whatever. The point is, like, at the time, it was, like, a lot more basic. Like, you had one photo, and, like, you had your wall people could write on. And so, like, your little profile was, like, all that was really there, aside from your favorite quotes. And, like, putting that you were interested in men was, like, a big deal.
2: Would it show up on the, would people be able to, like,
1: comment or engage with that in no, any No, there was no, like, news feed back then. There was, a, there was the wall so people could like see it. And you could also – the thing that was like – it was more about like finding people. So like I would – like back then like we used Facebook, you know, in, in the old days. You weren't born yet. But like when I was using Facebook as a freshman in college, like you would like find people in your classes. Like you would search by class or you would like find people like in your dorm if you – like, I lived in an apartment, but you live you lived in a dorm or whatever. You would, like, search by residence or something like that. And anyway,
2: like... I want to ask you questions, but I don't want this to turn into, like, a masterclass of you talking about early Facebook. No, no, but no, I am but,
1: curious. But, like, did but, you... but what I was going to say is that, like, you also would find people... You would search by, like, interest in men.
2: That... You answered my question. You answered my question.
1: So as soon as I... As soon as I changed it, like, some randos hit me up. It was, like... And I had never... I had met someone i i I had met guys before on live journal when I was in high school that was like the first <sighs> the first way I met like anyone was on live journal. That was the, my first online like like hookup was that
2: just the most thrilling thing ever?
1: no, but it's like way too dark to talk about on, on, on a podcast. Sure. 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 So I will save it, but it was, it was much darker than that. Um, but like, you know, I hadn't like, I never did like chat rooms really. And like message boards, like I didn't do all that. So like, but yeah, Facebook, I started to like chat with like random people cause they could, you know, search you by your, your orientation and add, well, they would have to add you first. It was a whole thing, the different world.
2: I do remember like my, my brother was in college and he got Facebook and I was like, I, I didn't even really want it too badly. But when they did start to expand it and I finally dig it on it, I, for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm not the first person to try the new fads. And I don't know what, what that is about me psychologically. But like when podcasts came out a long time ago, I was like, we have the radio girly. We, we don't need these. And of course now it's like the biggest industry.
1: Yeah. And it'll never die. Um, I think, you know, as long as you're creating content like this, it will keep going forever. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that was shady to you or to me or to both of us. Um, but I meant it with all my heart. I'm taking that face value, Louis. I'm taking
2: that face value that this is going to skyrocket me to literally give me the mansion of my dreams.
1: I'm a very sincere person, but um, yeah, I, I, I definitely was like into it because. I don't know like it was like it was great. You could like first of all you could keep in touch with friends from high school which was like a th- you know like yeah. It was a great way to like see how everyone looked after a year which was like fascinating. And also, you know, it was like you could kind of like spy on your people in your classes. Like it was like it taught me how to be a creep in like a totally not a creepy way, but like you know, like mildly like you'd see a cute guy in your class and like find him on Facebook. Like that was like the innovation jumped out and that's exactly what Zuckerberg intended. So like I was using it for its real purpose, which was like to be uh, a creep.
2: Oh, I am the biggest creep of all creeps. I, I remember thinking like before the pandemic, when I would just be up every single second of the day, looking at cute men on the subway and just thinking to myself, if I do not want to be chipped, I do not want to be chipped. Let me make one thing clear. But what I do want is to have the ability to be on a subway and then find a person's Instagram handle just by looking at their face
1: see i don't like instagram so that's a that's i can't really do that in particular but like i love that journey for you
2: or twitter lewis let me make it applicable to you twitter
1: thank you well it's cause, like i'm not it's not that i'm not shallow but i do like if someone is like really pretty but like functionally just impossible to talk to i really do lose interest very quickly
2: yeah, but you're assuming that they're not fun to talk to. Like I'm assuming No 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 no, like, no.
1: I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying like I need to see that. Like that's like big a big part oh, of the attraction. Oh you a, a big part of the attraction is sure, like
2: sure. You need to see the actual like like the writing that will make it will show you that they've got something to talk about and not just be a gorgeous face.
1: And also there are people that I who I really like and really connect with who are like super awful on Instagram and if they're listening, they can guess who they are. Um <laughs> And I think that like that's just kind of like part of the world that I've never been able to like. I'm not good at Instagram. Like I'm not. I I, and like if you are, God bless. But I think that like I I I get a better impression of someone from like their tweets than from their Instagram posts. Just based on that. Interesting.
2: I actually agree with that. But the, the thing is, is that I'm being completely honest with me and my truth and my journey. Is that I'm pretty good at Instagram and I'm not good at Twitter. And I have kind of resigned myself to it. But like I am able to spend I'm still able to spend my time on Twitter and enjoy myself to the degree that is actually possible and then of course I feel like a complete piece of shit but to your point about you know getting to know someone and like and having that conversation or knowing what the actual depth is to be attracted to them did I mention that I'm married?
1: You you did mention it at one point, and I kind of we glossed over it. But I wanted to come oh, back. To that. If my listeners haven't have I haven't talked
2: about this yet, I actually got married. I've been with my he's my husband. Um, long story short, the point that I'm trying to make is that when I met him, I was actually convinced that he was a complete empty shell of a human that just had a gorgeous face. I was like, these eyes are too pretty. The The bone structure is next level. And then when we were
1: texting before we went on our first date, the banter. The best part of like any courtship for me, it was like the texting beforehand. Mm. Like when I would be like, oh my God. And like, I would always get like way too excited if the banter was good. Cause I was like, oh my God, if we can text and like, and if they're, cause I also text constantly, like I need to like be talking all day, which is, you know, a lot for some people and they can't always like keep up with it. So when I would like meet someone who could do that and like would meet me where I was at and be like constant back and forth, I was like always like in love all, right away. And then almost always disappointed by the actual date. Like it was like, it, or like, or you'd have a good day and good banter and then you'd have sex and then it would be weird or like whatever it was, but like it would never end well, you know, like I just did that a lot. And so I, like, I was like, okay, I just don't want to, like, as fun as it is to draw it out and have that, like, long kind of, like, texting courtship, I need to, like, get to it faster. So I don't like build up the excitement in my head.
2: That's a great point because good banter is like a drug. It is so, ugh, there's such an electricity that comes from it. And then to me, it's like you're building the height of the mountain the more banter you have. And that's the further that your fall if it's not going to be actually like a good payout in person.
1: Right. And I think like also, like, it's, I've had so many like online flirtationships with people who live far away or in open relationships or some combination. And you're like, you know, you can really like get into the texting of it all. And whatever else, but like, you're not going to have a real relationship. Anyway, long story short that I've already made too long. When I met my boyfriend, he was home and it was, I, t- I first messaged him on Christmas 2019 and said something about his parents' dog. Cause I am a real charmer. Um, and was like, that dog is cute. Like, incredible first line. Like, it's amazing that... Anyway. Um, <laughs> groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. But I but I assumed that he was going to be home for... like It was Christmas, right? So I was like, oh, he'll be home for, like, through New Year's, and then he'll come back to New York. And it ended up that he was home dealing with family stuff and did not come back. We did not end up meeting for another five weeks. <laughs> um, So we had, like, a full-on, like, text relationship for five weeks, and... I was like in therapy, being like, I promised myself I wouldn't do this again. Like, I don't know how I'm like so into this guy I haven't met. Like, I don't know if we have any chemistry. I don't know if we like he would even be attracted to me in person because I was, you know, as a super insecure, like you know, Jew of of rapidly fluctuating size. Like, I would always be like, they're gonna not like me in person. Like, that was always they're gonna not be attracted to me in person. That was always my big like insecurity.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, like I thought Matt was going to break up with me every two days
1: for the right, first two right. years. S- uh, super healthy. So, um, anyway, all, all, all of this to say, like, I, I did not want to be in a texting relationship, but it just like worked out that way. And it kept like getting pushed back. And then I was like, I had a couple of friends who were, like, is he a catfish? And I was like, no, he's like a real person. He's just like, like dealing with like real shit. He's not a catfish. I swear to you. Like, he's not a catfish. Uh, he's not a catfish. Like we've met since then. Um, yeah it was just like really drawn out and then we met, and it was good, but I was very worried. wait, but I wanna hear about the first time you met like what like there must have been such anticipation where did you was it Where did you go? This is like not a podcast appropriate story, so maybe like we should save it for like a like a one on one conversation,
2: oh yes,
1: well, I mean it's not like whatever we we hung out we like we hung out we
2: you hung out, and it was a really enjoyable time
1: yeah we like we talked in person. So it was really nice. I, I know, you know, you know what I, you know, we did do on our first date is I took him what, for, what I, did I, did, do? I took him for a walk to uh, the water, which is like what I have done on many dates. But was, I love the water. I love the water. But I, like, you know, I live, like, by the Hudson, and I like to, like, walk down to the, to, like, the, the pier, whatever okay,
2: that, it is. That is that is so romantic, and I'm not really just buttering your biscuit and saying that. Like, Well, something it, to be it, said it would for it like, be
1: romantic if I hadn't said that I did it with, like, many other dates. But it, it was, like, it was, it's a good way to, like, talk to someone and, like, experience... You know, it's less good in the summer when it's super humid, but it's, like, very much, like, it's just a good space to get to know someone.
2: One of my best makeouts ever was, I mean, by the water, sure, but this was, like, even better because we had a view of the water, but we were on a rooftop. And there was something about, like, and also, I've never lived in a building that has, like, a nice rooftop. And so being at this guy... It's like a luxury that I one day hope to afford, but like we do it,
1: deserve that
2: we deserve a roof with a view of the water that we can make out with under the stars. I just ugh it's there's something so romantic and hot and <laughs> dare I say rich of just like looking down at people as you taste another tongue. Do I regret saying that I do I,
1: don't edit it out. Don't be a coward,
2: you know we're gonna stay tuned and see if I edit it out.
1: great. <laughs> i don't think tongues have much of a flavor
2: okay well you haven't tasted enough tongues no you're right definitely not
1: true that's like like, no that's can i just tell you i'm just whatever i don't even care i don't know who's going to listen to this but as long as it's not my parents i'm fine i like i think like talking about like tasting people is always something you like say when you're sexting but that like doesn't really like like it has very little practical value in real life because most people just kind of taste the same. They don't smell the same. Like like sense are very real, but like taste wise, people kind of taste the same.
2: Well, I will say also if you are tasting something, it's probably not a positive thing. Like it's probably not <laughs> like it's probably not like mmm. It's more like um. I can taste that.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm like I I think I kept it like big enough where it's it's still like a like a like an R not like an NC17. But I. <laughs> But you know, like when you're like you, whatever, you get it. Like I just think it's like a funny thing of like I want to taste, like I want to taste you, and it's like okay, like I, I'm a person. I want to taste, taste you,
2: but I hope it's a neutral taste.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am very sensitive to taste and smells as a Jew, and I'm sure you get it.
2: I want to taste you, but just please keep in mind that
1: I'm Ashkenazi, and if it's anything above a six, I'm not gonna enjoy it. It's so true, though. I mean, like I. Like, I smell, like, Bath & Body Works moisturizer at all times, so... Okay, this is hot. That's so good. It's a little much. I mean, like, I I really, like... Because I just, like, never want to smell bad, so I, you know, I have very good hygiene, and I also, like, not only do I shower and put on deodorant, I also, like, put on full-body scented moisturizer every day. So I do smell, like, you know, like a... like. A sorority girl a little bit, but, in a, but like in a fun, flirty way.
2: And your name's Tiffany, N-E-I-G-H. Um, I will say, though, that you should have given me a trigger warning, because my ex loved Bath & Body Works, and I think we went to a Bath & Body Works in any city we were in together, and it makes me think of him. Do you want to apologize?
1: I think that it's far enough in the past that you'll be okay. <laughs> That's not to say that, like, trauma does not live with us, because it does, and, like, I still get upset about like I fucking saw a tweet from someone that I had totally forgotten about who I had like flirted with and then ghosted me and I was like angry all over again and this was like years ago so I I am sorry um
2: thank you so much I I mean
1: that does, that shit does live with us like my like Matt
2: and I dated prior to meeting each other we were both in long relationships of a person that had the same name does that make sense like whenever mm. i hear that name it's like it has it brings up an emotion because how could it not it's like his actually did it for five years my ex i did it for two years and they both have the same name like what why did the universe
1: do that and they both sucked
2: you know what? They, um. in many ways they did. In many ways they did. Do you want to hear something crazy though? Is that a year ago, I, I haven't see, talked, spoken to my ex and literally, I mean, maybe I talked to him like a year into dating Matt, but like, so over six years, he did block me on all social media. However, I was walking around the corner of my personal block in Astoria, and I saw one of his friends in a restaurant window, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's Brittany. Then I'm like, wait a minute, there's um, Brian. Oh, wait, these are all of his friends. Oh, wait, there he is. It was New Year's Eve a year ago, and I was walking with Matt, and I was like, "Um, he's in this restaurant. Should I walk in and say hi? That's how chaotic I was, and it it was a real question, and Matt was like, no, are you kidding me? Can you imagine, like, happy New Year's? I would have done it i kind of wish i had just to see like have you met my <laughs>
1: i'm is he, sorry is he married
2: he is actually he is
1: what is wrong with you aren't you all, wait h- how old are you i'm 31 okay that's fine i i'm bad at math say what you listen. feel say what you feel. No, i'm bad at math and i was like why i thought i like, was like 24 no i thought you were like 28 no, there's nothing. There's there's no shame in being married in your 30s. I think that I have a hard time when people are younger than that, but I also wish them well. I agree.
2: I mean, someone I work with, he lives in Europe, and he was like, um, "Wait, well, you're married? It seems like everyone there gets married around 30." And I was like, "It's not the case," but I think that in this country like some people like want to get married and I think some people do it because they don't have anything else to do
1: it's like going to grad school
2: yes it's just like going to grad school
1: oh my god what a brilliant analogy but I think that like a lot of it for me is that like you know growing up and like certainly like in high school and college like I mean in college obviously things started changing but I I didn't really imagine myself being married and so it, it never really factored into like my life plan I wasn't really thinking about like my future marriage. Mm. And so now that I'm like at an age at which many people would be married, I'm like, I'm not bothered by it at all. Like I'm, I'm totally happy to be in a relationship and I, you know, I, I'm not like against the possibility of getting married in the future. I have no idea, but I, I like, it's just like never really, it never really crossed my mind and I'm still kind of catching up to that. And like, I think that that's, that's true for a lot of gay men and why there's sort of that arrested development quality of like, you know, being a little bit behind and so when i meet like younger married gay men it's like a little bit more surprising than like guys in their like 40s and 50s who've been together for 20 years who were finally able to get married Do you know what i mean like,
2: definitely definitely
1: um so you're exploiting their experience um for you know I'm, I'm just kidding i'm i am very happy for you and 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 there's and you're not too young to be married and no Thank one you. is except <laughs> for children i'm just gonna stop with the I, <laughs> You get it. I'm a good this person. This podcast
2: episode is going to be called Lewis's Thoughts on Marriage. And honestly, it's going to sell. It's going to do numbers. Be, but, but wait, have you ever... So you haven't really thought too much about marriage and getting married, but have you ever been like, if I were to have a wedding, I would want these things?
1: I have a, I have a really hard time with that because I've I've been to like a few weddings. I haven't been to that many. And I find them mostly uncomfortable. I hate dancing. Hmm. So I hate that they're so dancing-centric. And I, I like, I'm one of those people, I like want a lot of attention, but I also like hate attention. And I get really anxious when I have too much attention on me. So like, the idea of having a ceremony where I'm the center of it makes me so nervous.
2: Like, I've actually, I've heard that from, from a bunch of people and it makes total sense. It is one of the most like vulnerable things you can do. I was shaking before I got married. I was so fucking nervous and I was like, and it was not because obviously I was, uh, marrying Matt. It was just like to stand in front of, um, 400 of my closest friends and to, it wasn't, I'm kidding. It was, it was only 375. Um, but to, To be in front of all these people in the stadium that we rented out, it was absolutely insane to think that I was going to be like saying what I love about my now husband in front of all these people that that I myself wrote. I was like, what if these jokes fall flat and I'm just like giving a tight five about my marriage? It was like that would have been the most devastating moment to look around Dodger Stadium and be like joking about our second date where
1: did, you, where did you actually get married at the dodger Stadium? Is this a joke i don't know i don't know where the bit ends and where it where it began
2: <laughs> the bit is continuing um it was yeah we were in section a 27 no it was um it was not it was in a a gorgeous brooklyn themed rustic venue in atlanta georgia and it was it Bro- was
1: brooklyn themed
2: <laughs> that's what we were go- that was our aesthetic we wanted brooklyn in the south <laughs> okay not actually but we it ended up being like you know like a fucking
1: no i I get it i'm gay it's fine
2: warehousey you know candles
1: i love that for you i no, but it's it is a weird thing because i'm like i like i have a birthday party every year and i honestly i don't know if i have invited you in the past but i definitely would have if i knew you were in new york i Um, think you did but let's just say you did I mean, like, not. Nah, I, it's, I, I honestly would have. I, I really didn't think you lived here. Um, for some, I thought I, I. We can talk about this later. But I really thought you didn't live in New York anymore. The Thank point you. Is, Thank the, you. The point is, I have a big birthday party every year, and I and I always invite like a few hundred people because I'm like I just know a lot of random people, and they're not all close friends, but I like. I enjoy many different people and I think that's like one of the great things about living in the city is you just meet a lot of random people and like, I love bringing them all together. And like, you know, my last birthday, which, Oh my God, was in 2019. Like, you know, we took over a whole bar and we just like, it was great. And like, I loved all that. But as soon as people like started giving me too much attention and like saying happy birthday to me, like I wanted to die. Like I don't, that's the part of it I don't like. So I love the idea of throwing a big party but if I have to like hear people being like, I'm so happy to celebrate your love, I think I would like have a panic attack. I don't I don't like that part scares me, so I don't know. I'm not it's the, the idea of like being married does not scare me, but like a wedding is like terrifying.
2: I totally get that. I mean, and it was scary, and it was. It, there's so much expectation, and yeah, it's the most exposed. Like, but I feel like if if he were to get married, I can, I can, I can visualize like the most gorgeous event that maybe be like a private ceremony, and then just like an entire restaurant rented out or a big ol Actually, yeah, that would be gorgeous.
1: I also like to be totally honest. Like, I think that I have pretty expensive tastes, and just don't do things because I have expensive tastes. Like, I would want to do something like that was too pricey for me. And then I just wouldn't do it. If that makes any sense. It does. I mean, it's like, it's like, I don't, you know, I'm like, I, I like, I don't, I, I just like nice things, but I also like recognize the limitations of my budget. And so I just would rather like not, not do anything i'm like i'm like i'm into like a like the idea of like a really i went to this one wedding that was like really fancy and it was like people magazine was there and they were taking pictures and it was like the fanciest wedding i'll ever go to
2: frog wait, wait you, you can't say who got married can you
1: oh i mean it, it, it's, it doesn't matter i mean it matters she's lovely and i they're both lovely and i just doesn't it's irrelevant the point is it was like a fancy wedding and it was like but like not like Fancy, like, you know, bougie, glamorous, fancy, just like fancy, like, you have some money, but you're like, also really cool. And like, whatever. The point is, that, like, you set the bar really, really high. And like, I was like, Oh, my God, like, I want like that. I want like, that kind of like renting out this Palm Springs space and like having uh. a, having a dessert buffet, like all of that stuff. I want to be at the level of my bar mitzvah is what I'm saying. That and, is amazing. I mean, and I could not afford my bar mitzvah. So no, who could, who could, I mean, so what? I'm just not going to do it at this point in my life.
2: Well, there will never, we're going to never say never. We're going to never say never.
1: Do the, you? Well, I mean, I never want to say never, but I'm also aging at a, like I'm aging so quickly. It's actually insane. <laughs>
2: We're all just inching. My, ha-
1: clean, my hair, my hair in the past year has grayed. Like it's, it started with the, like, I don't mind cause I like a little gray, but like, it's just, it's happened so fast.
2: I was going to say, I love a gray, like, like I'm excited for you.
1: I know. But like, my thing is always, I like the gray hair, but I have this like baby face and I worry that like, as my other features get older, I'm going to look like, I'm going to look like a baby with progeria. Like I'm going to have like, like a baby face with like a little bit of like crow's feet and like gray hair.
2: i mean i can't wait to find out (laughs) i'm on the edge of my seat
1: i will post a selfie when i'm full full full-blown will you do an
2: after photo please do an after when you're at a level that's the after i want to see it okay sounds good um do you mind if i do some rapid fire questions before we end go ahead okay you put in a newsletter that leah was the mvp of real housewives of new york do you think this next season she will still remain the mvp
1: Uh, no, because second seasons are, are notoriously hard.
2: Okay. New question. Do you think they should totally recast OC or do you think they should just keep one or two or what do you think they should do with the casting?
1: I think they should cancel it and salt the earth, but I also wouldn't be mad at a full reboot.
2: Love. Do you think Alexis Nair should be a part of the reboot? Absolutely. Which franchise is your favorite and why is it Potomac?
1: Um, Potomac might be the best franchise. Um, my favorite is New York.
2: I agree. I love New York. Will you ever buy a a, a Brooks tracksuit?
1: No, because it would look bad on me. It's not made for my body, and I don't need his name on my sleeve. Um, And, and I find his weird phobia of vaginas to be off-putting and misogynistic.
2: Yes, and also, just why would you pay money for something that no one looks good in?
1: The, the, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of factors, but I wanted to list as many of them as I could.
2: Okay, now you know what i just want to tell you one of my favorite tweets of yours before we end this thing okay you have so much gold on twitter if you're not following lewis please follow however there was a a question that said what's the biggest red flag you ever endured you said you dated someone who only watched glee for the plot lines and then fast forwarded through the singing scenes are you okay
1: (laughs) i mean clearly i'm not no i mean that's that's just like a true thing that happened to me that was my first boyfriend. What's, uh. what's crazy is that one time I subtweeted him because he had a lot of weird opinions. He th- and I, I once like tweeted about him. This was like many, many years ago, and said that like I dated someone who preferred Superman to Batman, which I thought was a red flag. Same guy. It's because it is a red flag to think Superman's better than Batman. Whatever. <laughs> Not even, it doesn't matter, but it, it does. And uh, my other exes family and i were facebook friends because we dated longer and i knew his family and like they thought that i was talking about him and like he got back to him it was a whole thing but i like wasn't it it was not about him it was about my first boyfriend who i don't think interacts with me online in any capacity but Um, that like proves
2: that twitter can be scary and like i just like maybe why i'm bad at it is i'm not willing to take those risks because that i mean like it's it's a lawless land
1: yeah I mean that was that was a long time ago that was like probably like seven or eight years ago yeah I mean, like having any sort of following online is like a wonderful um privilege and like a great a great way to like um you know share your work and your dumb thoughts, et cetera but also like everything I tweet I assume I'll get yelled at for, and like I do, and that's fine because like there's a wide spectrum of being yelled at, and like I stand by most things I've said and I also apologize when I'm wrong and I, you know, hope that I just uh walk the line between being like a little annoying and like fully cancelable. Cancelable? Can't you know so, <laughs> worth canceling. There's that. There we go. Even though cancel culture is not real. <sighs> wow
2: hot takes from lewis i mean honestly you're an inspiration your your twitter is gold and i want to end this by you just answering the last question the world's ending you can only save one character actress who is it
1: mary testa
2: (sighs) i saw her in xanadu and i died a gay death
1: i mean yeah i i quote her in my twitter bio because she said something nice about me once even though it wasn't by name it doesn't matter it was like the greatest moment of my life I think that she's, she elevates everything that she does, obviously. And I also feel like she could single-handedly repopulate the earth in a non-sexual way. I don't know. She's just amazing. Obviously. I don't need to defend my choice to you, but um, it felt right. Louis, I haven't said a word. Um, look, <laughs> I know, I I'm, want, like, I'm thinking. Of, I'm just like anticipating your reaction. This is what I do.
2: You know what? I just want Mary Testa to know that she is love. She is an icon, and that word is overused. But Mary Testa, you are it. Um, we love you, Louis. You're a, a gosh darn star. You're so fun on this podcast. I'm thank you for doing this. What what a treat!
1: Thank you for having me. It was worth um, closing my window and sweating for an hour.
2: And that. Is the highest praise I have heard all day. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the Lewis Pitesman. Follow him on Twitter and all social media at Lewis Pitesman. And follow me at Eric Wills. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure you subscribe. Because next week, I am bringing on one of my favorite people in the entire world. So you got to subscribe and come back next week for that episode. Have an amazing rest of your weeks, my friends. And we will be back here soon. Bye.